Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. If you're making an impact, friends, you're not going to be the star. Let me tell you, I know this. You know, I've had a couple people here that work at CSN, this church, and they they said, boy, if you didn't believe in Jesus, one thing you can believe in is the devil, because I'll tell you, he must walk the perimeter here trying to see what he can do to destroy this police every day. That's why Paul says, make your calling and your election sure. Why? It's going to be challenged. It always will be. If you think you're going to put Jesus in your pocket and glide to the top, friends, you're fooling yourself. There is a real war going on. The third must. Verse 30. He must increase. He must increase. God must always increase. He must increase in our vision, in our life, in our fellowship. He must increase. The fourth must. I must decrease. Ooh, I don't like that. That doesn't fit. Americana, does it? It just doesn't fit. Because it's all about me. I'm beautiful. I'm lovely. I'm charming. I'm this. I'm that. You know, if you really look in the Bible, if you go to Isaiah 14, it talks about the devil. Yeah, that, he's real. And we very much aware of it. But you know what's really amazing about the devil? The guy had a tremendous eye problem. He does. He's got an eye problem. If you look at Isaiah 14, it says, I will ascend and be as the most high. I will, I will, I will, I, 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 this guy is full of himself. But that's the way he works. And understanding if God increases, we decrease. Why? Who? What makes the difference? Because the less of me, the more of Jesus. You know, do you, do you realize that most of us are our own worst enemy? <laughs> we, and, and, and if I decrease, Jesus takes over, I'm going to be better off. You, you know, I, I, haven't you lived long enough to know that, you know, kind of um, man, managing everything doesn't work quite as well as if when God's in control? Notice when God's in control of your finances, you're not buying stupid stuff <laughs> like bags of dope and, you know, meth and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. You ever notice how your financials come up? You ever notice how a, a lot of times when we are in love with Jesus, the things of this world don't mean as much as they used to? And so therefore, I don't have to spend money to kind of keep up, to keep up an image of what everybody else thinks but rather I can be about daddy's business. You see, those are really important things. And and so when God gets control of that, so he must increase. The fourth one, I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven 
is above all. This is speaking that John recognized that Jesus was not a normal or an ordinary man. He was from above. Now, this is something the cults don't like to acknowledge. They want to make Jesus just another great Buddha, Muhammad. They're all, they're all real. They're all God's sons. Well, what does the Bible say? Jesus said some pretty dynamic things in John 14. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. If he really said that, and he did, then that means he disqualifies every other religious group in the world. So you have to have, see the bumper stickers coexist and they got the, the Islamic crescent and they've got the, you know, all these different symbols from all the different. Why doesn't that work for Christianity? Because it didn't work for Jesus. That's why. Remember Jesus is praying and, and he says, Father, if there's any other way man can be saved, let this cup pass from me. And there was a voice from heaven, just be religious, my son, and you will make it. It didn't happen. If there's any other way, Jesus said, man can be saved, let this cup pass from me. Speaking of being crucified, the most brutal, cruel death ever invented. And Jesus went ahead and died on the cross. There was no other way of salvation. So being a good person, being a religious person, being a person that is devoted to some kind of faith, that will not buy you anything on Judgment Day because we don't go to heaven because of what we do. We go to heaven because of what He did. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not what you should be doing. It's what God has done for you. Always remember that. Well, now you got to stop eating pork. you got to start worshiping on Saturday or Tuesday or you know Wednesday afternoon. Uh, you you got to wear blue and, and with a little orange fringe around your hat and sell Twinkies in airports. Yeah, that's going to get you there. You got to help blind dogs across the street. You got you got to do a lot of good works. That's going to get you there, man. You know, you just hang in there and you know join the church, do the mantras, you know, jump through the hula hoops. You'll get it. You'll make it. Well, I don't know if I've jumped through enough hoops or not. I don't know if I've sold enough Twinkies. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, why is that? Because you're going to heaven based upon your performance rather than what God has done for you. That's what makes the gospel of Jesus Christ different than any other religion of the world. And the reason it's different is because God has done it all for you. What is required then for me to receive salvation? Twinkies? No, it's just simply accepting what he's done. Like a child. You, you ever been around a kid? Little kids? I got some of those. You know what's really amazing about them? If you tell them you got them a present, they don't psychoanalyze the present. Why do you think? Is it wood, metal, plastic, or steel? They just got their hands open. Gimme. You know, that's what God wants from us. God says, I have salvation for you. I have a gift for you. Okay. Intellectualism will kill the gifts of God. Well, what is it? Why do I need it? Well, you can give them the reasons, but you'll never enter into the kingdom of heaven intellectually. That's why Jesus said, except a man becomes a child, he'll not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because we're trying to psychoanalyze why I need this gift. The gift is simply free to receive what God has done for us. I'll take it. Okay. And you go, wow, it fits. 
You know, a lot of people try to do that when they come to Christ. But once you come to Christ, you just receive it. And by the way, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are the same way. What did you do to receive salvation? Nothing. I just received it. What, by the way, that's what a gift is. Because if you oined it, that means you did something to get it. So it's not a gift, it's wages. The Bible talks about wages in the Bible. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, different, wages versus gift, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I received the gift because I didn't do anything to earn it. I didn't do anything to earn the Holy Spirit working in my life, changing me and empowering me to do things I never believed I could do. That's what God wants to do for you. God doesn't have favorites. Look in the Bible, the Old Testament. The Bible says at sundry times, God worked and dealt through his prophets. Now it's for everybody. You want to be a Moses? You want to be Elijah? After you're born again, ask God to fill you with his spirit. I don't know what God's going to do with you, but I guarantee it'll be good. And it'll be outside your realm of being able to do it on your own. That's why you need his gift. If it was something I could manufacture in myself, I don't need his gift. Now, yes, God gives us gifts. When we're born, some of you are t- wonderful musicians. Some of you are, 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 are wonderful mechanics. I mean, we all have different tendencies and things like that. That's great. Those are things that God gives us. But I'm talking about, as we're reading here, things that come from above. There are things earthly and there are things from above. It's always a blessing when you can combine the two and do something with them. But sometimes God won't use your natural abilities. He will use only the Holy Spirit in your life. You know, it's one of the weird things that bothered many of the people in the early church. You have a person like Paul. Paul was uh, son of a Pharisee. Schooled by Gamaliel. He was the Ivy League Jewish boy. Okay? And do you know who God sends him to? Well, of course, to the Jewish nation. No, no. No, God doesn't do that. He sends him to the Gentiles. Why is that? You have a skilled Jewish boy, schooled in the best Jewish schools, son of... He had all the credentials to reach his nation and God sends him to the Gentiles. There are a couple of reasons why. Maybe because God would keep him dependent upon him to get the insight and the wisdom and the heart to reach the Gentiles. On the other hand, you have Peter. Peter was a rough, tough guy. He was probably your Texas ranger walker guy. Fisherman. I imagine fishermen probably had the vocabulary of truck drivers. You'd think that God would send him to the Gentiles. Rough, tough guy. I can relate with this guy. Fisherman, you know, the lines etched in his face. Yeah, yeah, he, he's that kind of guy that would reach out to No, God doesn't send him. He sends him to the Jews. Isn't that amazing? Sometimes God uses our natural abilities. But always he will use the supernatural abilities that he gives us. And so here it says again, he who comes from heaven is above all. Verse 32, and what he has seen and heard that he testifies and no one receives his testimony. This is a sad thing. Now, if you go back to verse 19, it says, because men love darkness rather than light is where we started off here this morning. 
Not very many people really love God. Oh, they mask it a little bit, and they'll put a little Jesus trimmings here or there on it, and maybe a Jesus bumper sticker on their car, but really those that are really in love with God are fairly few. The Bible says, broad is the road that leads to destruction, straight and narrow is the way that leads to eternal life, and few, few, the Bible says, be that find it. If you know God loves you today, if you're born again, you are a unique person in the history of man that you understood your need for God. Now, the next part here we find, he who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. You see, once you've become born again, you know it's true. That's one of the things that I will say. I I know people that have accepted Christ and they know it's true. They want to rebel to God. This is what you call a backslidden Christian, but they always know it's true. That's why a backslidden Christian is never happy. Because they know the world's a lie and they're not happy in Jesus because it goes back to those things where God is saying, I want you to do my will. It's the only place you really be happy. But no, God, I don't think I'm going to be happy there. I want to be doing my own thing over here. And God says, yeah, but you're not going to be happy unless you're over here doing what I want you to do. But I know I want to come over here and do what I want to do. And so there's this war that goes on. Not happy in Jesus, not happy in the world. The world's a lie. Yeah, I know it's a world that's going to hell. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. But I don't want to do what God wants me to do because I want to do what I want to do. You're in no man's land. <laughs> and that's a tough place to be. You don't ever want to live there. Just just say, okay, Lord, I just want to do what you want me to do. I surrender. You know, there's an old song in the church, the hymnal song. I surrender all. That's what it means. I give up. You ever notice? There's two times we put our hands up. Uh, uh, sometimes in worship, you'll see somebody with hands lifted up. But you know, really, that's a sign of surrender. You go into a bank. Muggsy comes in. Silk stocking over his head. Okay, everybody. Everybody hands up. You hand up because you don't, you want to get shy. You, you're surrendering. But I've also noticed another reason we put our hands up, and that's to receive. I watch my little kids. They reach their hands up to receive. And I'm going, that's weird. It's the same thing of surrendering or receiving, and the, and the body language is the same. God wants to give you and me something we don't have. So he says, For he whom God, verse 34, has sent speaks the words of God, for God does not give the Spirit by measure. He'll give it to everybody. He doesn't just give it to one person. He loves everybody the same. He'll give it to you as he gives it to anyone else. By the way, I like that. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who did not believe in the Son shall not see life but the wrath of God abides, notice, on him. Two things here. First of all, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. He who does not believe in the Son shall not see life. Not in this life or the life to come. By the way, friends, that's present tense if you read it. If you want to see life and you want to see what it really is, Jesus Christ opens our eyes to what real life is. The second thing is, if you don't receive God, the Bible says the wrath of God is upon the person. Now, why would anybody go around with the wrath of God on them, blind to what real life is? 
And by the way, the advertising world takes advantage of that. They're always advertising their products saying this will give you life. Whether it's a beer commercial, whether it's, uh, you know, some kind of shiny bright for your teeth or whatever it might be, everything is adding life. Everything's adding life. Only Jesus really adds life. And if you don't have Jesus, the wrath of God is upon the person. Why? Because you're at odds with God. You, you see, it's a pretty serious offense to reject the one whom the Father has sent. That's what that verse, that last verse of chapter 3 means. Is that God provided a way for us to come out of the wrath, to open our eyes, to be about our Father's business, and our lives will mean something in eternity. What a deal. Rather than just to exist. I don't want to exist. Sometimes when I was a kid, I used to look at bugs. I still see them now and then. There's a lot of stink bugs running around southern Idaho. Sometimes I watch them walk through the parking lot. You see, I, I'm a very simple person. And I actually wonder, do they know where they're going? Do they really have a destination? Do they have a little GPS in there saying, okay, over here is where the big green grassy field is. I don't think you see much at a half an inch above the ground. So I'm wondering, do they know where they're going or are they just going until they find something? This is the way humanity is. They're just going along hoping something's going to happen to them like a bunch of stink bugs. And God says, you know what? I got something a whole lot better for you than to just be going through life hoping something's going to happen. But rather that God would say, you have a divine purpose. I want you to accept my son the wrath of God's leave. God puts his GPS in us so we will be where we're supposed to be via the Holy Spirit, his voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. So that tells me right there that uh, God's invisible GPS works. And that's how we know where we're supposed to be. We see life. Otherwise, we would miss it. Some people, I think, unfortunately, see some of life. And what they see, they don't like. Because I think they see the wrath of God in their life, and I think that bothers them. And I think this is why people get loaded and stoned and drunk. Why do you drink? The old joke, you know, why does an elephant drink? He wants to forget. Well, the point is, there is a reason why people do what they do. They may not even know why they do what they do, but we know for every action that a person does, there is something that causes it. It's either driven by the old sin nature, or it's driven out of fear, or it's driven out of, out of some motive. But God knows all these things, and God says, aren't you tired of living that way? Wouldn't it be great to be able to set that stuff aside and live the way you were designed to live. Why you were placed on this earth. Not a cosmic mistake. Not evolved sludge. Not a happenstance stink bug going through a parking lot, not having a clue where it's going. But God actually says, hey, I got a divine place for you. Not only does God have a place for you, notice it said, 
you'll see life. That's not just in heaven, friends. That's now. But then God says, I go to prepare a place for you in eternity. So you really, if you think about it, you got the front door covered. You got the back door covered. And all God says to us is, hey, live in the light. That's what we do. This morning, if you're not a Christian, we're going to pray. You listening by radio, you can pray as well. And ask God to change your life. He will. No longer, no direction, but now divinely inspired, directed by God. If you need to get right with God, let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I realize I've lived my life without you. I've been in rebellion to you. And so from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. I ask you to forgive my sins. Those things that have separated me from you, I repent. And I ask you now to come into my life in Jesus' name. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. His blood covered my sins. And so now make me your child. Direct me by the power of your Holy Spirit and please fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. That I will be directed by you and used by you all the days of my life. And Lord, that you've prepared a place in heaven for me forever. And so now, I commit my life into your hands. Make me the best I can be in Jesus' name. Amen. I prayed that welcome to God's family. It begins with a prayer. God will show you your whole life is goodness. The Bible says to be baptized, not for salvation, but as obedience. And so you want to get that. The Bible says to read, study, to show yourself approved unto God, a workman not to be ashamed. You want to read. Good place to read the book of John, what we're reading right now. Read on ahead. Let God speak to you. If you've got questions about it, in the coming weeks, we'll be able to answer those questions as we come upon, as we study God's Word together. The Bible says pray about everything. Don't worry, pray. You know, if you get issues in your life, and we all do, Peter said, casting all your cares on him, he cares for you. Peter should have known. He did a lot of goofy stuff. But it says literally throwing your cares upon Jesus. I mean, the idea is that you can't get rid of the problem fast enough. I got a problem. Get rid of it. Casting your cares upon him. Peter says he cares for you. I don't know what to do about things, but he does. Thank you for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, 
Thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. <laughs>